Welcome to day two of our look together through 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to focus on verse 12 today. Paul's going to begin to talk to us about how do you know when rights are wrong. In chapter 8, he said, there are times in life when you have to give up a freedom, give up a right that you have for the sake of a brother or sister. How do you know when you need to do that? How do you know when you need to do that for maybe a group of brothers or sisters in Christ? How do you know when rights are wrong? In order to properly exercise your Christian freedom, you have to recognize that there are times when rights are wrong. And Paul brings those times into sharp focus in these verses. When are rights wrong? And wrong in verse 12, he says, when they hinder the gospel of Christ. Listen to the first part of this verse. But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Yesterday, we looked at Paul's arguments for his right to receive support. The rest of this week, we're going to look at Paul's reasons for refusing support. And on a broader scale, we're going to look at reasons that you and I might choose to not take up a right, take up a freedom that we have for the sake of somebody else. We're going to look this week, as we walk through these verses, at four reasons that we give up our rights and four ways, practical ways, that we give up those rights. Four reasons, four ways, they're tied together. The first reason and way, we just looked at the reason. Why would I give up a right so as not to hinder the gospel, Paul says? I'll put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. No one has a right to put a red light in front of the good news, a stop sign. Now, how can claiming a God-given right hinder the gospel? When your claim draws attention away from the good news and onto some side issue, some selfish issue, some you issue. How deep does this principle go? It goes to every area of your life, private and public. Jesus does not want you to become an example of freedom at the expense of being an agent of his love. He does not. Scripture's clear about that. These verses, Romans, he does not want you to become an example of freedom at the expense of being an agent of love. Your personal life. It's also your public life. Jesus does not want the church to become a group of social reformers rather than world transformers. It's not about what our rights are. It's about our service to the world. Paul says, I'm not going to do anything that hinders the gospel. That's when I'd give up a right, if I feel like it's getting in the way of the gospel. Now, how do I do that? Paul's very practical here. He says, well, what I do is I put up with anything. In order to not hinder the gospel, the way I give up that right is I put up with things. I put up with anything. I endure unwarranted, undeserved problems and inconveniences, one version says. And Paul certainly did endure he endured persecution just because he preached the good news. He endured suffering just because he served. He endured grumbling just because he gave. He put up with anything. As I look at the life of the Apostle Paul and what he put up with as he went to towns, you can read about it in the book of Acts, and he was chased out of those towns simply for preaching. And then now we can read in the letters that those people that he preached to who came to Christ are now grumbling against him, are now saying that he didn't do it right somehow. When he'd gone in and he'd given everything for them, he decided to put up with that. He gave up his right to end his relationship with them or his right to come against them because of what they were saying, and he put up with it instead. He did it for the sake of the gospel. Now, when I talk about this, I'm not talking about letting others take advantage of you. I'm talking about living for the best advantage of the gospel of Christ. When we say we put up with anything, the real question in my life and in your life is, what is it that you need to put up with in your life? I've got a right to do this. I want to serve Christ. I want to love him. And in loving him, in serving him, I don't want to hinder the gospel. So what do I need to put up with? For Paul, 
it meant he put up with grumbling sometimes. For Paul, it meant he put up with not demanding a right to food and clothing from the church that he was serving. So in Corinth, what that would mean, what did he put up with? It meant he would preach all day and even into the night, and maybe he'd get up very early in the morning or very late at night. He would work. Now, Paul was a tent maker, so that meant he would take a, a big needle with a big thread on it, and he would sew these canvases together. Hard work, hard work, work that made your hands sore. And he's already tired from preaching and teaching all day long. And he could have been sewing that tent together and with every push of the needle through the canvas could have thought, I don't need to be doing this. Why should I be doing this? It's not right that I should be doing this. They should be supporting me. But he didn't do that. He decided instead to choose to love. So every push of the needle through that canvas was a choice to love. I'm going to give up my right of support because I feel like if I ask this church to meet my physical needs, that somehow it would hurt their faith in Christ. Now, Paul allowed other churches to meet his physical needs, to take up offerings, to send them to meet his needs. It's not that he did this with every church, but this particular church in Corinth, maybe because of their background, maybe because of their materialism, he decided, I'm going to need to serve them and not ask for pay. What about your life? What's the tent-making decision in your life? the needle that you need to be pushing through the canvas. Maybe you're already doing it. Maybe for your children, maybe for your family, maybe for your church, maybe at your business, maybe for a neighbor. There's something that you're doing. My question, my first question would be is, as you push that needle through the canvas, are you grumbling every moment that you do it? I do that sometimes. And so even in trying to love, I'm not really loving. I'm doing the right thing, but it's not out of love. It's out of a sense of duty. Well, that doesn't help me. That doesn't help them. That doesn't help anybody. So right now, in your heart, in your mind, transfer that decision that you're making to love your kids, to love your neighbor, to love that person at work, to, to love your church, to love your small group. Transfer that decision into a decision of love. Lord, I'm doing it out of love for you. Is it something you're already doing and you need to transfer it to a decision of love? Or is there something new that you need to do? There is something that you're doing that's in some way putting a stop sign in front of the gospel of Christ for some person. What could you do differently? How could you totally shock them, totally surprise them by deciding to do something different? What could that be in your life? How could you act in their life? It might be a decision to serve somebody, a decision to bring them lunch every once in a while. You're not supposed to bring them lunch, but you do it anyway. You just do it out of love. Now, you might think, well, they're just going to expect me to do it then. Well, maybe they will. But in that expectation, even if they go that direction, there's a seed of something happening in their mind that is a opportunity for the gospel. What is it in your life, in your relationships that you feel like, if I could do that differently, if I could just do that differently, it would be an open door for the gospel of Christ. In those moments, instead of looking for why the other person is wrong, if they'd only think this way, then they could come to know Jesus. Look for what right you might be able to give up. What's something that I could do for them in their life? I, I know a pastor who had a, a neighbor of their church who uh, really didn't like the church being next door. And the church had a large lawn and the neighbor had a large lawn. So when the pastor mowed the lawn of the church or whoever did it, they asked, hey, could we mow your lawn? And they just mowed the big end and mowed this person's lawn every, every week, just on a regular basis. So that they were saying, even though you have a negative attitude towards us, we want to do whatever we can to love you. What mowing of the lawn, what making of the tent could you do for somebody's life? 
even as we're talking about this, as we pray about this, I'm depending in my life, in your life, on the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to show us how. Because when we make a decision, instead of hindering the gospel of Christ, to put up with something instead, that's an open door for the good news. And that's what we're all about. Let's pray together. Jesus, I want to give open doors for the good news. So show me how. Show me something in my life that I might be doing that's putting up a stop sign that's hindering the gospel of Christ. And help me to see how to stop doing that. It might be something in me, Lord, some selfishness, some stubbornness, or it might be something in somebody else. Some fault, some weakness in their lives that sees what I'm doing as a hindrance to the gospel. Help me to see that, to know that, to have the wisdom to understand that. And as I see it, Lord, give me the strength to decide for you. Give me a new way of looking at things, a new way of looking at life. Instead of it being about what I want and what I need, help it to be about the good news and what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for working in me. In your name we ask this. Amen. 